There's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the as everybody comes in and just enjoy Jesus this morning.
Good morning, everybody. You can have a seat. It's great to have you in church. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I feel obligated for some reason to apologize for the crappy weather we've been having. It's not my fault, but I'm sorry. If you're new to, to Woodland Park, it'll get better, I promise. But uh, welcome to church. We have just a few quick announcements for you um, to, to uh, grab a hold of. On your way in, you should have got a handout. All the news, all the information, all the stuff is inside of that. But I just want to highlight a couple of things. One is a Connect card. We would love to connect with you. Um, if you would just take a few minutes and let us know that, that uh, 
you know you're new and, and maybe some contact information, we'd love to at least have you a part of our, our database. We can send you information about things coming up. Um, there is a prayer card in there. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. So uh, let us know by putting that in there. You can put that in the offering plate as it goes by in a few moments. Or there's a box in the lobby that you can put those in and uh, do that as well. Um, next weekend, just so that you know, special weekend in the life of the church. Every weekend is special, of course, but next weekend is extra special. Um, our children will be kind of in charge. Our kids and teenagers will be in charge. It's called Step Up Sunday. We're moving all the kids into uh, the next phase of their life, um, which is a, a big deal, right? You get from, from pre, pre-K into kindergarten and then out of kindergarten into, into big school and, and, and then middle school and high school and then college and then life is over. You're an adult. And so children enjoy your youth, uh, but uh, next Sunday is Step Up Sunday, so we want you to come, and kids will be in charge. It'll be a great, great um, weekend for that. Um, Ladies, as you know, uh, Women's Retreat is coming up. Um, I think there's a brand new sign-up that is out for those of you who would love to come and be a part of the special sessions, but not maybe stay there all weekend. So uh, make sure that you sign up for that. That would be awesome. And then, um, let's see. My math is not that good, but the very first Wednesday of every month, we are going to kick off something called First Wednesday, and we're going to meet here um, and gather and pray. Uh, We'll have uh, a short time of worship, but we'll just gather as a church, and uh, you can bring your prayer requests, and I'll bring mine, and we'll pray for one another. It'll be a great time of being together um, called First Wednesday. We hope that you put that on your calendar for every single First Wednesday um, of your of, of your fall. So we'll do that together. I think there would be kid care uh, through, through pre-K for that. Um, and the reason for that is if you have children and you want them to learn and be a person of prayer, bring them and teach them. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be a part of all that, and that'll be awesome as well. Okay, um, one more thing. We don't have a slide for this one, Scott, so uh, just FYI. Also next weekend, um, if we have your email address, We'll be sending you an invitation to become a part of our church database management system. So you'll get that. You'll probably look at it and go, oh, my word, what is this? They're trying to send me into cyber world. No, we're not. We're just trying to get together as a church and and put our database into play. So there'll be more information coming up about that. We'll have a kiosk in the the lobby, somebody there to help you that, that will get you up to speed. But this will give us all kinds of tools to be able to communicate with you um, eventually, we'll move all of our financial stuff in that direction as well. So giving will go through that. But it'll be a dr- just a, a great tool so that we can have that for, for one another. So that'll be next week. Don't even think about it this week. You'll get your email when you get that. So that'll be awesome. Um, finally, um, we're going to invite our kids um, to go, right? Is it time to do that? I'm, I'm new, so I'm just kind of looking to make sure I'm right. So kids, if you'll um, turn around and take a look. There's Miss Sharon, and you're going to be making their way in that direction as the ushers get ready to come and receive this morning's tithes and offerings, um, I want to share with you something that um, that's pretty exciting for me. Um, I hope it'll be exciting for you. So, as you know, if you've been a part of this church for some time, several years ago when we built this building, um, we we accumulated uh, you know some some debt. You you do that when you build a building. Well, um, you have been faithful in paying off that debt, and things have been clicking along just fine until. Um, the prime rate <laughs> is what our loan is attached to, and, and it hasn't moved for several years until this year. And it, 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 it got in a car and ran as fast as it can for the border. And so our loan went from a 
a reasonable amount to something stupid amount. And so we began praying, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to deal with this? And so in the, in, the, in the interim, what we've done is we've just been paying interest on the loan. Well, um, in, in this time of prayer, God is, is revealing to us that he's bigger than financial issues. He's bigger than problems. He's bigger than all of that. And so um, we, we had a family approach us and say, listen, um, if, if I were to have a, a sum of money that I would like to give to the church to reduce that principle, would you challenge the church to match me for, for the dollars? And I said, can you just give me the money without doing that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. And, and so we, we wanted to include you in this process. So I have, um, well, I don't have it, but we have $50,000 that somebody said I'll give to the church if the church can match that. So we have a dollar-for-dollar dollar match that we can put right to the principle of our loan and erase all of the principle that we would have, and more, that we would have erased had we just been keeping our payments going. Isn't that how God works? Right? That's exactly how God works. So, so over, the next, over the next six weeks, um, we're going to make a challenge to our church to jump on with us into this. And so for the next six weeks, if you can give above and beyond uh, that goes just to principle, we challenge you to do that. And, and we will match that dollar for dollar. So praise God for that. Make sure that you keep giving to the regular tithes and offerings. We still have expenses. We need about thirty-two dollars or $33,000 a month to keep lights on and bills paid. But anything above and beyond that as you give, mark it, and we will put that right to principle. And then we'll have a big, giant party and celebrate what God is wanting to do. Amen? All right. Ushers, if you'll make your way forward, we'll receive this morning's tithes, God's tithes, and our offerings. Let me pray. Father in heaven, thank you for today, for the way that you move and the way that you resource us. And sometimes I feel like maybe we just need to apologize and repent for our lack of faith. We have no problem praying for our eternity, and yet we sometimes struggle with praying for our every days. God, you are so faithful. You never let us down. There's never a gap. So I just want to say thank you for all that you have done and all that you have given to us. We pray this morning, O oh Lord, as people here in this room and, and online, when they give online, as they give their gift to you, would you receive it? Would you just remind them as they partner with the local church in doing your hands and feet work in this world, remind them of how important they are to the kingdom work. Thank you for our children's ministry and our youth ministry and our ministry to men and women and small groups and missions all across the world. We thank you. You've allowed us the privilege to be hand in glove with you in ministry to the world that you've created. So today, we just want to say thank you. And we want to ask a blessing on the monies that will be received. Would you take them, oh God? Would you use them? Give the Give wisdom to those who have to manage it and steward it. We pray that you would bless them. Thank you for our finance people. Thank you, God, for this, this gift, matching funds to help us to reduce our debt so that we can put that money elsewhere in the ministry. Thank you. And today, we just want to give you glory and honor 
and praise for all the goodness that you have done in our life. And we ask that you would be with us as we, as we wander through some of the struggle in this life. Help us to keep our heads up and our hearts full of your goodness and your love and your mercy. And it's in the name of Christ we ask all of these things. Amen. What you are worthy
went back and forth this morning deciding whether or not to tell you this little story real quick because it means so much. And what is what means a lot? Jesus' name, right? You speak Jesus' name, and what do the demons have to do? Flee, right? That's powerful. My name does not do that. His name does. And when my son was little, he was scared of so many things and had a lot of fear. So I would teach him how to pray, and then I taught him how to say Jesus' name. And I was like, Noah, whenever you're scared, you say Jesus' name. So one day he was downstairs in the basement, and I could hear him, and he was going down to get something, and he had to go through the living room and back to the back to get to his room. And I could tell he was scared to death. And all of a sudden I heard him say, In the name of Jesus! And he was eight years old, and he was like, You have to leave me alone, because Jesus said so. And he went on and on and on, and he just kept saying Jesus. And do you know, he did not deal with fear after that. Amen? So we just need to remember how powerful it is to speak Jesus' name. And I just wanted to remind you of that because that story popped in my head, and God kept pushing it forward, pushing it forward. And I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. And then I kept messing with this thing, going, no, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And he was like, you're doing it, Lord. Tell them to speak my name. So we're all going to say it together, and then we're going to sing it. Say Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Let's sing it. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I speak Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every
shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Say Jesus.
of land nav is uh, so that we can find our, uh, our our way Keep on fight! Keep on fight! Keep on fight! 
that, everyone. But you wanted more? out here at Avengers fans. I know there's some. All right, I'm Pastor Michelle, and I am so excited to be here to share with you today. I'm Pastor Dale's wife, and I'm already teary-eyed. I felt like after that worship time, oh, speak in the name of Jesus and the goodness of God, I'm already teary, and then Avengers assembled. Uh, I'm all teary, but you know what? <laughs> you may not be a fan of the Marvel Universe, and that's okay, but I bet you somewhere in that scene, you saw a hero from your past. Did you not? We love the heroes. We love that they come together, and they all have their unique powers, right? And I had no idea. I, I raised two boys, and they're now in their, in their young adult life, but I had no idea until kind of getting with them and learning all this universe. There's like so many superheroes, so many, like, they keep growing, I think. I don't know. But they all have their unique powers. But the funny thing about this, if you guys know the story, is they couldn't do it alone. Even with that, that, that power, even with some of them, they tried together. They couldn't, they couldn't fight the enemy until they all assembled together. There was a difference, and that made all the difference because they were working together for a cause, right? And you know what? I love those stories like that, and I think we love those stories because deep down, that is really, truly what we want and desire. We want to come together. We love the stories where people come together and band together, and they work together for a cause. And it's just so special when a healthy community comes together for a mission. But man, wouldn't that be amazing if we could actually get, like, the whole universe all together to, to actually um, say, yes, we all agree and um, on anything, I mean, we struggle to get common ground here in Windland Park, from what I understand. My goodness. I'm seeing signs go up. It's the city council that can't decide what they want to do. It's our schools. We don't know what we want. We can't get it on the same page. And then our sports teams. I mean, my goodness, we could get fights out in the parking lot over sports teams, right? I mean, it's so hard to get people, let alone come together for a common cause. I wish it were different for us as Christians, don't you? Don't you wish it could be different for us? But you know what? It's really not. It's honestly not. It's a challenge. And it's hard for us. Did you know that um, if you Google all of the different denominations, you'll come up with like 33,000? Can you believe that? 33,000? I'm like, what? I don't know if that's even true or not. But that's what it says regardless. Even if it was 3,000, that's still a whole lot. And there's all those brands of Christianity out there. All these denominations, all these messages. And then we're wondering, why does a church have so much trouble with connecting people and coming together? Why do we have so much problems, issues? Well, a few weeks ago, we started a series um, called Made for Mission, Navigating the Terrain. 
And the hope here was that we would discover together what that's supposed to look like, how we move forward together. Pastor Dale and I have only been here for two months, I think almost exactly. I think we started unloading. We got here on the 15th of June. Two months, what is today? 13th. Okay, almost two months. Anyway, um, and we're trying to help us get to know you and help how we can come together and be on mission to move forward because otherwise we just keep spinning. Who is tired of spinning? We tired of spinning? Yeah, we're tired of of spinning. So there was three questions, and I think I I didn't get training on this at all, so we'll see. Okay, we go forward. Yay, I did it. Okay, three questions that Pastor Dale introduced the last couple of weeks to get us started in figuring this out. So what does a good church look like? That was one of the questions. The third question is what is God doing in the world? What is he doing in the world? And then that last question, what does a good church look like that understands what God is doing in the world? So based on these three questions, we've been kind of using that as a framework of this ongoing discussion that we're having that is helping us say, okay, how, how do we, we're, we know we're made for, for mission, how do we navigate this next terrain together since we're so new, right? So first week, we talked about a good church is a family, a family that has a cause. So we kind of established that week one. And then last week, we talked about how we are the body. We're the body of Christ. We all have our role and that we are to be spiritually healthy as we play out our role together. So we, we figured out those two things, ingredients that are really, really important. If you missed the last couple of Sundays, you'll really want to check this out because, first of all, Pastor Dale is amazing, and he just put this whole thing together. In fact, he, this is his whole baby that he kind of gave me the, it's like, okay, you do it with how your personality is, and he trusted me, but, um, but it's really good stuff. So you can go to our website, and you can check that out, and you can go to WPNAS.com, and you can catch up and be a part of this sermon series. It's really great. So here we go. The church is a family with a cause, and it's the body. But knowing that is not quite enough to fulfill God's call on the church that he's placed upon us here in, in Wyndham Park. Not exactly. So you know how it is with the family. How many of you have taken family vacations? Oh, a lot of you. Love family vacation. So fun. And we did amazing ones. And it was great with the kids. But you know how it is. You're like, you know, the goal for us is to like go and get away and have this great time together as a family. And we're going to get some rest. The parents, we, we need rest. We need to get away. And the kids, we want to do stuff with our kids. And so we went on this not too long after. Okay, oh, you have to hold. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't, don't mess it up. Okay, you can't see that one yet. Okay, so this is the beginning of our, of our trip. We were going. We were new to Oregon. We were going to go down the coast and do some stuff down into the Redwoods. We had this plan. Austin just turned 16. Hannah was right around 13, and Caleb was almost 15. We have them all close together. And so here's the beginning. We are at Crater Lake here, which is amazing. You've never been. Go. It's beautiful. And we were going to go to the Redwoods. We had all this plan. Of course, they all had their ideas because that's what happens in a family. 
You've got one, the princess, our girl, who wants to go see, make sure because Brave was out. We've got to go see Brave. And then she found out there's an ocean aquarium, and she wants to pet the seals, and she wants to do all the things. And then Caleb is our adventurer. I want to do all the in the woods. We've got to build fires. We've got to go on all the hikes. We have to build all the things. And then Austin just turned 16 is like, okay, let me deal with my two younger siblings right now. You know how that is. Okay, we're loosening up. Good. We're laughing. <laughs> but anyway, so here's how it ended up. There you go. That's how, I know, we're not a dramatic family whatsoever. <laughs> That's actually at the um, Ocean City, California, at the aquarium there. But we had a great time. It's crazy stuff happened. It was all over the map. I remember arguments and fights, but I mostly remember that we did end up coming together. And it can happen. You can do it. But the thing is, is that when we, like we talked about last week, that individual spiritual health means that you're tracking with Jesus. You're doing your thing spiritually. You're on it. You're there. But when you get a group together, look around. We're all in different places in our lives spiritually, aren't we? Age-wise, obviously. Some of us have been Christians like we don't remember not being a Christian. Some of us are brand new Christians. Some of us have been a whole long, Christian for a whole long time and have maybe gotten really, like, boring. Time to wake up, get alive. But then we got our groups, our age groups, our interest groups, our season of life groups. And all of a sudden, this group wants to do that. And that group wants to do this. And then your cause, all of a sudden, how you play it out gets, like, confusing. And it can be struggling. And so that's what brings us to this morning. And that third ingredient that I think is necessary for us to be the good church doing what God has for us in the world, right? So we're going to be camping out in Ephesians. If you want to get your Bible out, I have mine. It's big, and I, I like carrying around. So hopefully you brought your Bibles, or you get your phone and pull up Ephesians. I'm going to drink water, and I'm going to pray really quick. Father God, thank you for this group of people and for this opportunity to speak. I'm not good enough, but God, you are. I pray that my words and the, and the conversations you and I have had this week and the study and the prep is clear to my people here in front of me today. I pray you would speak to their hearts. Have them be open to what you want to say to them in and through your word. And may I honor you. And I pray, amen. So here we go. We are in Ephesians 4, 1. And Ephesians 4, 1 starts out with therefore. Well, I don't know if you ever heard um, Rick Warren has said this, and I've heard it a couple of pastors that I've sat under will say, well, if you see a therefore, you, you really need to figure out what it is there for, right? And so we need to take a moment here before we just like jump into this is to understand the two big anchors in chapter three that Apostle Paul, which is the, which is the author of Ephesians, um, his letter that ties us to this therefore in chapter 4. And it really talks about your experience with the magnitude and the greatness of God's love. So we're going to go back to Ephesians 3. So jump back a little bit in your Bible, 18 and 19. And may you have the power to understand all, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Is that not true? 
then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So here we go. God is just saying, oh, it's so like warm. We love that scripture. It's like, oh man, he loves me and wide and depth. And it talks about Jesus died for me. And it's such the personal peace that he's my friend. But we need to also make sure that we don't walk this alone. So we're going to back up just another little bit to verse 10. It says this, God's purpose in all of this, all of this was to use the church, us, the body, the family, for the cause, to display his wisdom in its rich variety. So those are two big ones that Paul wants us to make sure we get that awesomeness of his love, the incredible love of him, of, of Christ, and then how each of us in the church come together and then leverage that for others. So now, here we go. Therefore. You guys ready now for, for the therefore? Okay, therefore, verse 1. Therefore I, prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. And then he goes out to go on to explain. This thing does not like me. There we go. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults. We got faults, y'all. We do. Because of your love. Because of your love. Not love in response to each other. That's not really how it works. Because of his love. I just read a book that just, you want to talk to me about it, you can. But the quote from this book by Andy Kolber, called Strong Like Water, if you want to know. We are made to live from love, not for it. You catch that? So often. What we're doing is getting it backwards. I'll love you when. I'll love you if. I'll respect you and be nice when I, when I get that back, when I think it's okay. Or I'm going to give and give and give. This is me. I'm calling myself out. I'm going to give and give and give, and hopefully you'll, you'll notice and you'll, and you'll love me because of that. Like we just, and Paul is saying, no, 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 no. Guys. You're living from God's love for you. He loved first. And not because you're getting loved and getting approval. So there's where we got to start. So let's go on to verse 3. Make every effort. Oh, I didn't get there. <laughs> Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Make every effort. Man, that's like a pretty big phrase right there, isn't it? It's not like kind of, sort of, oh, I feel lazy today. Make every effort. In the NSAB, I learned that that word that they use there is be diligent. There's a, the Greek, you go back to the Greek, and, and Pastor Dale gave me the, how do you pronounce it? But I'm really just too dry mouth and a little bit, like I'm not going to even try. But that word means... That word means to exert yourself. It doesn't mean you just sit back and it just happens. We have to put the effort in. 
we have to step forward. So to keep yourselves united, that means that when you choose to follow Christ, you become united with every other believer. And here's the thing. Keep yourselves united. Keep. What does keep mean? Does it mean that you just say, okay, we're to church and we are united now. Yay us. And then you go do your thing. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. <laughs> in the spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. It's not of us. It happens only in the spirit of God. You are bound and held together, united with other believers. So, guess what? This room, you guys, us believers, Christians, we're obligated together to figure this out, to make those efforts, to be keeping ourselves united in his spirit. Unity. Oh, we don't really feel like it, do we, sometimes? Unity can be really hard. Sometimes I don't agree with, or we don't always have the same thoughts, um, but we are compelled. We are compelled to maintain unity in, in the body, to put who we love which is Christ Jesus, to live from that love first and foremost above anything that we happen to think, what we think is might be right, what we've done before, and that just feels more comfortable, what the things that, ah, oh, but I like that. We put first his love. We live from that. And as we come together, so... How is this possible? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Hard. Let's keep reading. For there is one, this is verse um, 4 and 6, through 6. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all, who is over all in all and living through all. And if you give your heart to him, like we talked about last week, you let him mold you and shape you and transform you into who he has for you, he will change you. And that's the spiritual growth part. But here's the thing. This is why we, I said if. Because I use it purposefully here, because there are churches all over the place, and I would say that there are people in this room and people you've known, we just all do it, all of us. We say we believe in Jesus. We even agree with all the stuff. We believe in him. He's awesome. We believe in everything. We agree with it. But I have no real plan to surrender my heart, my life, my ego, my pride, the control that I want to have because I, that's my thing. I, I need to control that because you gave me these gifts, God, so I, I, I got it. I got it, God. Anybody said that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, me too. Me too. Our egos, control, giving that over. What's happening is that so often what Christians do is that we're just content with having Jesus in with us. We did a whole series I love. It's one of my favorite that we did. It's called Backseat Jesus. And Pastor Dell's brainchild, I helped him with some of it. But the whole concept being, we just love Jesus in the car. In fact, we prefer him just kind of get in the backseat, 
you know, you could be my backseat driver. If you think that I'm going to make a wrong turn, Jesus, just let me know. That, that would be great. Instead of saying, you got the wheel, Jesus. You take it. That's what the difference is between surrendering your control, giving him your life, versus I'm going to agree with you, Jesus. I want you in my life. I want you in my car. I want you to go with me. There is a difference. Within the church, this attitude that really kept coming to me, and I, I just studied through this, and I was praying, and this kind of got, like, plopped into my lap, and it was like going back to, we've already talked about it. It said back, and when we said, how do we do this? Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. We've already said that. But I just thought, wow, the humble thing just kept bumping up to me. And I'll just be real honest. That's, that's a hard one. Because then I got to go to God and, like, show me what, what, what's going on here. Within the church, there is an attitude that can either foster this unity that we're talking about so that we can be healthy and we can grow together. We can go and do amazing things for God. And what we keep talking about that we want to do, we want to be for the next generation. We want to be, we be a light in Woodland Park. But are we willing to be humble ourselves? Humble as a church. There's an attitude that fosters humility or it kills unity. And this is humility over our, our pride. Fosters unity. I said fosters humility. Fosters unity is humility. Ugh, too many ITYs there. Pride is an inflated view of ourselves. I think I know me. I know my thing. Humility is an accurate view from God about who he says that we are. And then guess what? When we begin that transformation, he changes us into love. And then we're living from that love of what God says that we are, and we're walking in that. There's a difference. I want that accurate view from God, his love for us. Paul, again, Paul's amazing. He writes to Philippians that I thought really kind of, there's our little guys again. He writes this, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves. Some versions say, have this attitude, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, Jesus. We spoke his name this morning over and over and over. Jesus, who we want to be like. Make me like you, Jesus. Jesus, the name above all names, who gave us life, who showed us life. Jesus humbled himself. This message, this passage right here speaks so loudly, the attitude that fosters unity. We want to have unity at Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene. This is where we'll start. It will be humbling ourselves. Paul is showing us that it really, um, harmony and, and unity will not be won out unless we're focusing our attention on the humility of Jesus, the Son of God, what he did. His humility then begins to transform us as we seek that out. 
it's it should be transformative, really, in our daily lives and everything that we do in our attitudes and our actions within our church body and how we come together. This, it's, so, it's amazing to me. I, I've just been thinking about the humility of, of Jesus, the creator of the universe, coming down to the world, taking on our humanity, walking with us, being with us, showing us how we are to live, how we are to be with him and to be with others. Have his mind among yourselves blares out to me. God's word commands it. Paul says we have to have it. Unity is hard. And it can be concerning. Because a lot of times there can be fear kind of wrapped in that whole hum- unity thing. It's just hard. It can be scary because that could mean it could look different from what I'm used to. Church, when we come together, that's what we're talking about. Remember, Avengers, all of you guys get to be an Avenger today. Avengers assemble. We got to become a family for the cause. We got to be spiritually healthy as a body, and we need to be unified in Christ. It can be hard because you may lose your voice or your influence, your position. (laughs) The church may not look like, and it probably won't, and it probably shouldn't look like the way that it was because God is always moving and growing us and changing us, us, us as we come together. God help us. This week, it is about me having my own attitude check, quite honestly. And I challenge you this morning, I challenge you to take that same time this week, maybe in these next moments, maybe now, to have some major conversations because if fear for what is next for the church is gripping you, that's really hiding pride and ego. And pride has to go. It has to go within the church for us to come together and have unity. Where is it? What I've been asking, God, show me, where is it that my pride, what I want, it's good, God, come on, what I want to get in the way. So where is it? Where do you need to lay down your pride? Where are the things in your life that step in front of what God is teaching us about living from love, living in in his love and then out to others? What are those things that are getting in your way? I know that you can probably think of them. I know I sure did as I talked to God this week. And Paul, who met Jesus while trying to get rid of Jesus, he didn't want Jesus around. He tells us that the only way this is going to work, this church, us, in the world, the only way we're going to have any impact or effect in the world, any way we're going to thrive at all is that until we come together and remain unified. We follow Christ together. I want that for us, you guys. I want for us to move forward together. And this really isn't a suggestion that Paul makes. And that was the part. I kept going through here going, okay, so do you get to a point in your life that you get this and you just kind of like, okay, I'm good. I got it. I think you grow, but I have found as I have gotten older, and I'm older than I like to even say out loud, but I have gotten older, you guys re- relate with that, is that I am finding 
but I still need to grow. Spiritual growth is your entire life. God, help me, show me, so that when we come together as a church, we can begin to say we are a family or a cause moving forward, spiritually growing healthy together. We've got to be unified, united, you guys, unitedified, unitedified. I made up a new word. <laughs> You're laughing. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but to but just to be healthy, we have to be united. This is what happens when you get when you get a little nervous up here. You guys scare me. Here's the Avengers all coming together, and the thing is, none of them have the same uniform. Do you, do you pick? Did you ever pick up on that? This is like this is so. I felt like it was such, so biblical. You know, we're not supposed to be uniform. We're supposed to be unified. We don't come with all the same gifts and skills, but we come together for a cause. We lay down our pride. We lay down whatever it is that we want because we want Christ's love that has changed us and to continue to change us, to change us as a people, to then change out there. That's how it works, you guys. I'm excited about that. But it's not a uniform thing. It's unified with heart and with mission, coming together for the cause of Christ. I don't know about you, but man, I have been praying and praying this week that I didn't offend anybody by saying all these things because I know we all carry it. We do. We have, we have stuff. But I pray this morning that you are sensed, most importantly, that you are so loved and I'm praying that you will live from that love and live that out. We're going we're gonna to do something kind of unique this morning with communion. We're going to actually just circle up and decide we're going to take communion and just kind of represent what unity is about. So we're going to sing a song. And while we're singing a song, I'm going to step down here. Pastor Dale will come up. And we'll just start making a circle. As you're singing and worshiping, make a circle. Whether this is your first time here I hope it didn't freak you out. I love you. I am, you, you are like my favorite person here if you're, if you're new. But I, I want us to make a circle. And then we're going to do communion together. So bring your communion cups. If you don't do communion, that's okay. I'm not, we're not looking at who's going to participate, but we want you a part of the circle. So we're going to stand up. We're going to start singing. Grab your communion cups. And you can just make your way in the circle. And then Pastor Dale is going to lead us through communion. Separated, the bridge was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your side. So you made a way across the great divide. Left behind heaven's throne, you built it here inside. Yeah. 
sewed together, symbolically, of course, but very much in the reality of life. We symbolically sit at the same table as those disciples that first time that Jesus instilled the Lord's Supper. We're gathered with the bestest friends who had walked through a lot together, knowing fully what was to come, fully what was ahead. We looked into their eyes, and I, I like the passage in Luke where it says, I've earnestly, earnestly waited for this moment. Can't imagine pretend to know what Jesus is thinking, but I can. I, I know what it's like when I sit down with my family, my kids who I haven't seen for a while, and I've waited for this moment to sit with you. And he looked at each of them. He said, "I've earnestly been preparing for this." And as they were eating, Jesus took some bread. If you have your container, you can pull that little plastic thing off the off the top and pull the bread out. And as they were eating, Jesus took some bread. And he blessed it. He thanked his heavenly father for it. And he broke it into pieces. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, take this and eat it. This represents my body broken for you. Take and eat. to them and he said each of you take and drink from this this is my blood it confirms the covenant between God and his people my blood poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins not just of a few not just of those in that room that morning but for many who would place their faith and hope and trust in Christ. Take and drink. Let's pray. Father God, in these moments, when we have gathered in your name, we have worshiped, we have fellowshiped, we've laughed together, maybe even cried together. We've given in your name. We've heard the washing of your word. And now we've participated in the Eucharist. The meal that brings your body together to share in what has been called the love feast. We remember, we commemorate because of the significance of what you did that day and what it means for each and every one of us from that day forward. And so God, thank you for the cross. Thank you that your body was broken and your blood was shed on our behalf. But that's only half the story. The rest of the story is that you did not stay in the tomb, but that you were victorious over death so that you could have control over all, so that we too, will never have to die spiritually 
You have blazed that trail. You have broken that door down. You have went ahead of us. And because of what your grace has accomplished, we do not have to fear death either. And so in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Alpha and Omega, we lift you up and we praise your name and we thank you and we pledge our hope and our trust and our faith in you, not just as individuals, but as a church family called to your mission, your cause to reach those who are in the dark corners of the world without hope, those who are suffering without any promise of of relief, those who do not yet know you or those who do know of you but have not yet yielded to you. Help us, O God, to be your church in this little corner of the world, Woodland Park, Colorado. Go with us as we go. Help us to be your light, your salt, and bring us back safely again, according to your will, to meet together, to love one another here. In the name of Jesus, we ask. And all God's kids said, amen and amen. May God bless you and keep you. May he shine his face upon you. May he bring you something that nothing else or no one else in this world can bring. Peace. God bless you as you go. Have an awesome week. God loves you and so do we. Just to bow down